Hi there, I'm Sue Alvis from the blog Stories of an Unschooling Family. Welcome to my podcast. This is episode 169. And today I have some stories from my Stories of an Unschooling Family community to share with you. Golly, that's a mouthful. Yes, these stories are about unschool English and unschool maths. They're things that I have written this week for my community and I thought that I would share them here in this podcast to give you an idea of some of the things that I'm posting in my community. Yes, just give you an idea about the things that you can expect if you decide to join me. Well, a few people have joined me in the community. I can't say that there are dozens and dozens of people flocking to sign up, but the people who have become members are wonderful. They're getting involved, chatting, cheering each other's comments and posts, encouraging and supporting each other as we share and as we're learning from one another. So today's podcast It is, I guess, a a podcast to tell you more about my latest big idea, my stories of an unschooling family community. Now, did you listen to last week's episode, episode 168, Big Unschooling Ideas? Well, I did share about my community in that podcast, but today I want to talk about it again, give you a few more details. Now you might know that I created this community for anybody who has one or both of my unschooling books. Maybe you've read my books and you're thinking, hey, I'd like to discuss unschooling, or I've got a question, or I would like to dive into unschooling, but I feel I need a little bit of support, some encouragement, some extra ideas. Or maybe you are long-time unschoolers like us and you just want to connect in with other people who are thought to be a little bit crazy. Yes, we can join together, support and, and encourage each other, share our experiences and our stories and our ideas. Now my site is a website, there is a mobile app so you can access it on your phone or your iPad or on your PC, your laptop. Lots of different ways to access the community. You don't have to wait until you've got time just to open up your laptop. You can just pick up your phone, join in with all the conversations, post something. So it's very convenient. Now, it is a site that's a little bit like social media and a little bit like a blog. I think it's got the best of both worlds. Social media, because you can post a quick post, just post a photo, post a quick thought. It's very easy to do that, just like it is on Facebook or Instagram. But unlike Facebook or Instagram, there are no ads and there's no algorithm. And you can also choose what you follow. 
If you're not interested in certain unschooling topics, you don't have to follow them. If you don't want to follow particular members, then you have the choice not to follow them. But I'm following everybody because all the people who have joined me in my community are lovely people and they have a lot to share and I want to have some good conversations with them. So if you join, you might see articles which are very much like blog posts. And these are the stories that I want to share with you today. I have chosen several of them. I would have previously have posted them on my blog, but I wrote them especially for the community. And the only way to read them is to join the community. Sometimes it can be hard to decide what, where to put my work. Should I just write a blog post that everybody could see? Or should I put my stories in the community where we can discuss them, be a bit more private? Well, this week I decided to post only in my community, though I think that I will share the odd article, the odd story on my blog as well. But I've been trying to build up the community this week. It has taken me a long time to build up my blog maybe nine years. That's how long I've been writing blog posts. So a site does take time to come together. And this is why I've been spending quite a bit of time on my community this week, why I have neglected other things. I want to get it going, get people inspired. Hopefully, people will want to join in if they see that I've got something valuable to offer. Now, besides their blog posts or the articles, I am also posting quick posts. Anybody can post a quick post. Just hit the plus button and then add a photo or just type out your thoughts, your ideas, your question, whatever. It's very, very simple. And so I've been adding some of these quick posts as well to get people talking. I've asked a couple of questions and people have stopped by to add their thoughts or add their questions. And we have had already some good discussions. Now, the other thing that I have done is created some groups within my community. So there's the main part of the community. And within that, there are groups and you can choose to join those groups. And the one that's got off the ground first is the Christian Unschooling Group. I got together with a few other Christian unschoolers and we discussed how this is a topic that not a lot of people are discussing. There's not a lot of information on the internet about Christian unschooling compared to the normal variety of unschooling. I know there's a book or two and there are some blogs, but on the whole, there aren't a lot of bloggers blogging about Christian unschooling. And I think there's a lot to talk about under the label Christian unschooling. I think that we can discover a lot by sharing our thoughts. So, yes, there are a few posts in that group. I wonder if that's an area that interests you. I mean to say, you don't have to be a Christian unschooler to join my community. This is a separate group. 
Now I have provisionally created several more uh, groups. They don't have any members in them yet, except for me. But if you like the sound of any of these groups, you can join. I thought that we might have a book club group and maybe an adult unschooling group where we can share what we're learning about. We can share our passions and interests and all the movies and books and other things that are capturing our attention. It's good sometimes, isn't it, to hear about miniseries that other parents are enjoying and what they're learning. I mean, they might just be enjoying them and that's good as well. But one thing often leads to another and we go on fantastic learning adventures just like our children. And another group that I would like to be part of, well I'm part of it but I don't have any other members, is a bloggers group. A place where people who are sharing the unschooling message can gather and share tips about blogging and reaching people and promoting each other's posts maybe. Sometimes it can get very discouraging being a blogger and a podcaster. If we don't get much feedback, we might wonder, is it worth podcasting? Is it worth blogging? Is anybody listening? Is anybody reading? Perhaps I should do things differently. Is this what people need? Is it helpful? So I think we all have doubts at times and we can get discouraged but if we join together, we can keep each other going, give each other some encouragement and give each other some help. I think I wrote a blog post once about collaborating with other unschooling bloggers. Alone, we can't do much, but together we can light a fire. Now that's a sort of a quote. I don't think the words are quite right and I've forgotten who actually said that in the first place. It just sort of entered my head at that moment. That's why I haven't got anything about it in my notes. But I think you get the idea. It is inspiring, isn't it, to get together with like-minded people, people who have the same goals, people who are thinking in the same way. It is inspiring and we can help, yes, we can do so much on our own, but together we can do a lot more. Now I said that I don't have dozens of members at the moment. My community is rather small. But with your help and your involvement, I believe that it can grow into something wonderful. I want it to be a place on the internet where unschoolers can gather. A place that people want to return to again and again. A few days ago, I was thinking, we don't need another place on the internet for unschoolers to meet. Come on, Sue, be realistic. I think I talked about this last week. Why do I think that people might want to join my community? Yes, we can have doubts, just like sometimes we have doubts about unschooling our children. But just as I was having all those thoughts, I got an email from somebody, I can't quite remember who it was now, but there were a lot of kind words in that email and that person said, I would love to join your community. 
And I was thinking, well, I can't email back and say, look, I'm having second thoughts about this. There might not be a community after all. No, I emailed back and said, hey, that's wonderful. Here's the link. Join me inside. I think we've got to be patient. We've got to see where things lead. We've got to give ideas a reasonable amount of time to, to see whether they are a success or a failure. It's the same with unschooling our kids, isn't it? We start to one school and we expect miracles to happen in that first week. But it takes time. Time for everybody to adjust to a new way of thinking. Time for parents to let go completely of all those old-fashioned ideas, the ones that aren't really true, the ones that we've grown up with and we just assume they make sense because we've never examined them. But yes. It does take time to ponder all those ideas because people will tell you, look, this is what you should think and this is the right way. But we need time, time to make those ideas our own. And our kids need that time. They need time to get used to directing their own learning. They've maybe been told what to do for a very long time. And all of a sudden, they're let loose in the world, which sounds very exciting but maybe a little bit daunting as well. Where do they start? So yes, time is needed for big ideas to come to anything. And time is needed for unschooling. Don't give up in the first week or month or even the first few months. Just keep on persevering. And if, of course, you feel discouraged and do feel tempted to go and do something else, before you do that, join my community. It's going to be really good. You're going to get all the encouragement you need. This doesn't mean to say that I'll have all the answers, but I think together we can examine situations. We can share our experiences. Maybe we've had the same problem. Encourage you to keep going. So what do you think about that? Are you tempted to... Join my community. I hope so. I'm going to leave a link in the show notes, just like I did last week. And it is an email address, or actually you arrive on my blog if you follow the address. But eventually, once you've sent your message, it ends up in my email inbox. And all you have to do is say, Hi Sue, I've got curious unschoolers or radical unschool love or both that would be lovely and I would love to be part of your community and as soon as possible I will email you back and I will say hey that's really wonderful I'm so pleased I'm so glad you're joining my community here's the invitation link please feel welcome to get involved see you inside so it's really easy isn't it yes so that's my community. Now I said that in the community I am posting blog style stories. Similar to what I would post on my blog. Some of them are quite short and some of them are longer. And I have three to share with you today. They're not that long so it won't take very long for you to listen to them. But I think it will give you an idea of what to expect.
The first story is called Unschooling Jane Austen. The other day, while I was reading Jane Eyre out loud, my thoughts suddenly swerved from Mr. Rochester to Mr. Darcy, and somehow I started thinking about Emma. It's strange how so many thoughts can pass through our minds in a split second, isn't it? I looked up from the book and said to Gemma Rose, Shall we go to the cinema to see Emma? We googled cinema times and then made a plan to see the latest production of Jane Austen's novel. And yesterday, full of anticipation, we headed into town to see the movie. We arrived with time to spare, so we bought some lunch before going into the cinema. While we ate, we chatted about Jane Austen. How many versions of Emma have we seen? Which one do we like best? And why? We talked about movie and miniseries productions of other Austen novels and how different producers put their own slant on these stories. When we arrived at the cinema, I bought our tickets and Gemma Rose went in search of popcorn and chalk-topped ice cream cones. Then we fought off the other seven Wednesday afternoon cinema-goers to get the best seats in the house. Nine people. Yes, there were loads of us waiting to see Emma. The lights went down and we settled back. The movie began and we crunched and licked and watched. And then, unexpectedly, Mr Knightley discarded all his clothes and there was a collective Ooh, from all the older people in the audience. Everyone except us. Gemma Rose and I grinned at each other. The movie was good. It met our expectations. It was beautifully filmed. The music was delightfully different. The timing was spot on. Emma was very funny. Best of all, none of our favourite moments from the book was missing. At 4.30pm, we stumbled back into the light and reluctantly rejoined real life. As we drove home, Gemma Rose and I talked about the movie. What did you think of Mr Knightley? Mr Churchill wasn't that good looking. Perhaps his appearance reflects his character. Weren't the costumes magnificent? When Mr Knightley chastised Emma... Did he use the exact words from the book? I think they added that bit about Harriet's father. Emma's father was much more sprightly in this production compared to the others we've seen. The screens were very clever. They added to the humour. Did you notice that the titles were followed by full stops? Why was that? Someone's idea of style? Then Jimmy Rose asked, what book would you like someone to make into a movie or miniseries? That was the start of a conversation that led us from Jane Austen to Charles Dickens to Shakespeare to the Brontes and back again to Jane Austen. This morning, I've been thinking about when I was 16. What were my days like? What did I do? Unlike Gemma Rose, I spent hours in school sitting behind a desk. Like Gemma Rose, I read Jane Austen and other classics. 
unlike my daughter, I didn't enjoy them. I had to write essays answering questions such as, how does the fact that Jane Austen stretches out her climaxes relate to her concentrating her interest on exploring the effects of emotion rather than on the critical high moments of emotion? Does that make sense? Somehow having to write essays spoilt all the fun. It killed my interest. Of course, it didn't matter whether I was interested or not. I still had to read the books and discuss them and write essays and take tests. Somehow, I managed to do that rather well. I got good grades in English. So I've been wondering, who knows more about the classics, me or Gemma Rose? I did lots of formal, in-depth study of the novels and the plays that were on the required reading list. I pondered clever questions that needed complicated answers. All Gemma Rose has done is read the books, watch the movies, and chat about them. Oh yes, sometimes she'll also Google the novels and plays, and she's watched a few relevant YouTube videos as well. We love watching behind-the-scenes videos and interviews. Without a doubt, Gemma Rose has more knowledge than me. Any knowledge I gained at school leaked away as soon as I'd been tested on the books. But I'm catching up. I've discovered that the classics are interesting. I want to know more. Fortunately, school wasn't my only chance to get an education. So yesterday, we went to the cinema. We licked ice creams. We crunched popcorn. We watched a movie. And then we talked and talked. I bet everyone who saw us thought we were just out having fun together. Well, we did have fun. What could be better than spending time with a teenage daughter on a Wednesday afternoon? But that's not all we were doing. We were also pursuing our passions. We were following our interests. Isn't that an enjoyable and effective way to learn? And then I asked, have you seen this version of Emma? If so, what do you think? Yes, it was a good movie. I'm not sure it's our favourite version of Emma. We rather like the one starring Romola Garay. That's a miniseries version. Very beautifully filmed. But yeah, this version was good. I don't think that it would have mattered if it wasn't a good version. Gemma Rose and I would have still enjoyed our Wednesday afternoon out together. Just spending time with each other, doing some fun things and talking, having great conversations, because that's a good way to learn, isn't it? Talking, sharing information, sharing our opinions, going away and researching and coming back with some interesting things to add to the conversation. So that's my story, Unschooling Jane Austen. I have another Unschool English story to share with you now. And this one's called Collecting Delicious Words. Don't some words sound delicious? They were made for saying out loud. 
This morning, a gorgeous word rolled off my tongue. I smiled and said it again. And again. What was the word? Unfortunately, I can't remember. It has disappeared. I've lost it. Which is very sad because it was so delicious. Earlier today, I was talking about words with my teenage daughter, Gemma Rose. At the time, we were travelling back from the vet with our dog, Nora. She'd had a shot for her arthritis. Do you remember, I said, how when you were younger, you loved the word excruciatingly? And how about the words alabaster brow? We found them in Anne of Green Gables. Gemma Rose smiles. It couldn't have been Anne who had the alabaster brow. She was covered in freckles. How about autumnal? That's one of my favourite words. Now it's autumn, I'm going to use it again and again. When we arrived home, Gemma Rose said, Could you please read more of Jane Eyre? We settled on the sofa with the book and two mugs of coffee, and I began reading. It wasn't long before I stumbled over a long word. Chimera's grinned as she waited for me to sound it out. Charlotte Bronte used a lot of complicated words, I declared. Some of them are hard to read out loud because they're unfamiliar. Yes, there are a lot of words in Jane Eyre that we no longer use. I don't even know the meaning of some of them. Philip. What's a Philip? I highlighted the word in my Kindle e-book to see its meaning and then said, A Philip is a flick of the finger. Next we came to the word Charivari. A cacophonous mock serenade. Cacophonous is a wonderful word, isn't it? And then I paused at the word extirpate. Not because I don't know what it means, but because I like the sound of it. I wish we could extirpate the rats, I said. A few weeks ago, a family of rats fled from the rain and took up residence in our roof space. We also saw one in the garage. Actually, I think that particular rat has died. Every time we open the garage door, a terrible smell comes wafting out. I wish I could extirpate it. Do you know what I'm going to do, I said to Gemma Rose. I'm going to highlight and save all the unfamiliar words in Jane Eyre that I like so I can remember them. Then I'm going to use them, drop them into my conversations. You'd better remember their meanings, Mum. What if you use them in the wrong way? I don't suppose anyone will notice. Is it likely anyone has heard of words such as Philip? So I've begun a word list. A delicious word list. I'm not going to lose Philip or Extirpate or Cherry Berry. I wish I hadn't lost this morning's fabulous word. I keep thinking about it. What could it have been? Do you think it will return? I wonder if that ever happens to you. You have the memory of something you said, but you can't quite remember what you did say. All I know is that I said a word that I really loved, and then I lost it. But I'm not going to lose any more words. 
I'm keeping them in my delicious word list. Now, a couple of weeks ago in my podcast, I shared a story called Wanting to Know How to Spell. That story is also in my book, Curious Unschoolers. And you might remember that in that story, I wrote about Gemma Rose's favorite words. I mentioned excruciatingly and alabaster brow. Yes, it was episode 167. I think that Gemma Rose was very amused when I couldn't say the words in Jane Eyre, well, at least the unfamiliar ones. It was like we had swapped places. I mean, she's a good reader now, but she remembers those days when she wasn't quite so fluent in her reading. You know, those times when kids stumble over words and they've got to sound them out, or we might give them the words if they are too difficult. Well, that's where I was, sounding out words. I stopped a couple of times, and there was a pause, and Gemma Rose grinned at me and said, Sound it out, Mum. And then I laughed, and I tried to sound it out. Yeah, there are some complicated words in Jane Eyre. English has changed a lot over the years. So has punctuation. If you are passionate about punctuation like I am, you might have noticed that if you have read Jane Eyre. And that's enough about that story, Collecting Delicious Words. It is in the Unschool English section of my community. One of the things that I would like to share in my community is lots of unschool math stories because we all know that the world is full of maths, but sometimes we have difficulty seeing it. So we might think there's no other way to teach maths than to use workbooks because how can kids learn maths just by living life? Because I can't see the maths in the real world. So I would like to share some math stories with you. And it was amazing. I could have written a real life math story every day last week. And I did write a few and I've chosen one today. It's called Real Life Toilet Roll Maths. At the moment, my life seems to be full of real life maths. Sadly, it's not full of toilet rolls. It seems that here in Australia, we have a crisis. For some reason, people are panic buying this bathroom essential. Why? I have no idea. It makes no sense at all. It isn't as if toilet paper is in short supply. Well, it is for our family. But if someone hadn't bought our weekly ration and added it to their stockpile, things would be okay. We didn't find out about the toilet paper crisis until Friday evening when my husband Andy went to do the grocery shopping. He sent me this photo of the toilet paper aisle. And there's a photo of empty shelves. Not a roll to be seen. We asked each other, what's going on? Is it something to do with the coronavirus? Not that we could see the connection. But maybe this current health scare is making people do strange things. 
Yes, it's very strange. People are stockpiling toilet rolls as if they're gold. What will we do if we run out of toilet rolls, we asked. We mentally visited the supermarket, trying to find suitable alternatives. Kitchen roll? Baby wipes? Tissues? We looked around our house for ideas. We wondered, what did people use before toilet paper was invented? Yesterday afternoon, my daughter Imogen and I were enjoying coffee in the food court of our local shopping centre when we suddenly spied something extremely interesting. That woman over there has a packet of toilet paper in her trolley, exclaimed Imogen. We hurried into the supermarket and yes, there were toilet rolls on the shelf. There was also a sign telling us we could only buy two packets per transaction. Which two packets should we buy? Normally we buy the best value paper. We're usually interested in how many sheets we can get for each dollar of our toilet paper spending money. But yesterday we did some different real life maths. We need to buy the packets containing the most sheets, I announced. We multiplied the number of sheets per roll by the number of rolls in the packet. We did this for each of our toilet paper choices. Then I said, it looks like the six pack of Quilton triple length rolls is the best buy. I bought two packs and Imogen bought one. She was entitled to buy two, but she didn't. I guess we could have returned to the supermarket and bought more rolls in another transaction, but we didn't. We had plenty of paper. We don't want to start a toilet paper collection. We're hoping that things will calm down and the crisis will soon be over. When we got back to our car, I took this photo and sent it to Andy. It's a photo of our three packets of toilet rolls. I wrote, success. So I'm wondering if you've ever done any real-life toilet paper maths. Have you any idea why everyone is stockpiling toilet rolls? And do you know anything about the history of toilet paper? I did some quick googling and discovered that someone in China dreamed up the idea of toilet paper. The Chinese were using toilet paper long before the rest of the world. What was everyone else using? Google has the answer. And that's my toilet roll story. Since I wrote that story, I discovered that the toilet paper crisis is related to coronavirus. Everybody is stockpiling supplies in case we all have to go into lockdown if we have to quarantine ourselves. Well, I hope it doesn't come to that. I've seen some very sad photos on the internet. I've seen photos of people with their trolleys piled high with toilet rolls. So many toilet rolls in their trolleys that their rolls are in danger of falling out. And as I said in that story, I refuse to panic by toilet rolls. Some people have too many, other people don't have any at all. Now I don't know if I'm being silly. Maybe it is prudent to stockpile a few things. Because who wants to run out of toilet paper? The alternatives 
aren't very good. But yes, I keep thinking about how I felt a week or so ago when I discovered that we might not be able to buy any toilet rolls. Somebody had our toilet rolls. And so I don't want to take anybody else's. If we're all considerate, maybe there will be enough toilet paper rolls to go around. Now I was in the supermarket this morning and I saw this woman ahead of me and all of a sudden she collapsed in half. Her head flew down to meet her knees, her arms went this way and that and she groaned and she said, no. And I thought, I wonder if she's sick. I wonder if I should go up to her and say, can I help you? Is there anything wrong? And then I looked behind her and I could see the empty shelves. There were no toilet paper rolls there. She had come hoping to buy some toilet paper. And once again, obviously, there weren't any there. I imagine she was very frustrated. Well, I hope she has a toilet roll or two at home. I also hope that she's at the supermarket at the right time to get some more supplies because the supermarkets are putting rolls on the shelves. Well, actually, the rolls don't have time to get to the shelves. They roll in a pallet of toilet rolls, and then everybody comes like seagulls and grabs some and goes and buys them, and there aren't any left to put on the shelves. But you've got to be there at the right time. But there isn't a toilet paper roll crisis. No, all those rolls are just in people's stockpiles. Perhaps I've got time to share another type of post that I'm writing for my community. It's only a very short post and it's under the heading of Moments of Our Lives because I think it would be nice to share some encouraging moments, some interesting moments, a moment that we're excited about, something that we've noticed, that type of post or maybe even a thought-provoking story. So this post doesn't have a title because it's just a quick post. I did upload a photo and the photo is of the burnt bush, the bush behind our house. But on the ground, growing out of the ash, there are some ferns and they've got that lovely light bright green in their leaves. You know, the sort of green of new growth. So here goes. During the recent bushfire crisis, the bush near our home was backburnt and firebreaks were bulldozed through the bush. There are piles of fallen trees blocking up some of our running tracks. Everything has been looking rather sad. But we've had some rain and the bush is beginning to regenerate. On Saturday afternoon, I took Queen, our dog, for a walk along one of the bulldozed tracks. It was very steep in places. We went down and down, and I had to keep my eyes on the ground to avoid stumbling over the rocks. Then the track flattened out, and I looked up to see a wonderful sight. There was a line of bright green ferns glimmering in the sunlight, new life growing in the ash-covered soil. On my way home, I was thinking about a few things, how there are moments of beauty waiting for us, 
if only we take the time to look. How difficult times can sometimes feel endless, but new life eventually returns if we're patient. And how difficult times are necessary. The bush is designed to burn. It comes back stronger than ever. Our struggles also make us stronger. Even though we probably don't welcome difficulties, we learn so much from them. That's my weekend moment that I wanted to share. And now I've shared that story in my podcast. So I hope you've enjoyed my stories today. I hope they will encourage you to find out more about my stories of an unschooling family community. If you are interested, just take a look at the show notes and find the email link and then send me an email and we can go from there. So I hope that lots of you will join. I'll see you all inside the stories of an unschooling family community. Now, before I finish this podcast, I have two reviews to share with you. One's a podcast review and one's a book review. Now, the podcast review, when I saw it, I was a bit perplexed for a moment. It has been so long since I got a review of this podcast that I didn't register at first what it was. I'd forgotten all about reviews. I guess I don't get many because I don't ask for many. It's all my own fault. I'm not very good at putting myself forward in promoting what I do. Anyway, I smiled when I saw the review and I'm very grateful for it as well. The review is a five-star review. It was left on Apple Podcasts by Jay Maylett. I've probably got that name wrong, and I apologize if I have. It was written on February the 23rd of this year, and it goes like this. Thank you for your kind words and efforts for this podcast. I appreciate every word you say. Blessings on you and prayers for your endurance in this cause. And I appreciate every word that's in that review. Yes, it's very encouraging. Thank you. And the book review is for my book, Curious Unschoolers, and it was written by Mama Ma. And it also is a five-star review. Reviewed in Germany on March the 7th, 2020. And it goes like this. Very valuable for unschooling parents. In this book, Sue shares so many stories, thoughts, and experiences of her family. They all help to understand what unschooling is all about. I think this book can be a great resource for parents of unschooled children because it helps to trust. To trust that unschooling can be a great choice and that the kids will do just fine. Thank you, Sue, for sharing your stories with us. And thank you for that kind review. Yes, I discovered that last night. I don't often go on to Amazon and have a look and see if there are any reviews. I mean, I could drive myself crazy doing that because it is very rare that there is a new review. But for some reason, I ended up on the right page on Amazon. I probably just opened the page on my phone by mistake. And I noticed 
that there was another review. And every time I get a review, my heart sort of quickens up a bit and I think, it could be good, but what if it isn't? What if somebody didn't like my book? But then I scrolled down and I read it and I grinned and I thought, thank you. That's wonderful. I feel encouraged. So I'm sitting here feeling encouraged. I've almost finished this podcast. All I've got to do is to invite you to visit my blog, Stories of an Unschooling Family. I've rather neglected my blog this week, but there are loads of stories in the archives. Lots to read. I've already invited you to join my community, but I will mention that again. And my books, they are on Amazon. Curious Unschoolers and Radical Unschool Love, they are available as both print and Kindle ebooks. So that's it. I've come to the end of episode 169. So what's that? Four podcast episodes in a row? I'm doing quite well. I'm very pleased with myself. I hope that I can keep it up. So until next week, all I've got to do is thank you for listening. And I would encourage you to go out there and live a radical life of unconditional love.